This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks, proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. JTM, let's create great dishes together. MSA Architects. And by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company. Technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealer. The Healthcare Management Group. Greater care for greater Cincinnati. Woody Sander Ford. I-75 at Mitchell Avenue. Right in the middle of everywhere. And this one belongs to the Reds. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Good evening and welcome in to the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network. I'm Mo Eggers, sitting in a chair often filled by the Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. Marty is in Arizona getting set for Friday's first Cactus League broadcast as Reds take on the San Francisco Giants. But the Hall of Famer, nice enough to join us to start the show from Arizona. Marty, how are you? I'm good, Mo. Uh, weather's uh, sensational out here. That's the only way you could possibly be is very good. Every spring, I'm sure, it's good to hear that, every spring, I'm sure, has a particular vibe. Um, often in recent years, it's been about maybe a guy like Jay Bruce perhaps going through his final spring training as a Red. Uh, Johnny Cueto a couple of years ago. Oftentimes, there's an overwhelming amount of optimism and huge expectations. How would you describe the vibe this year? Well, I mean, if you're talking about uh, personalities, I, I would certainly think that, um, you know, Bronson Arroyo is in camp, and, and that has created quite a stir uh, because uh, among the players that I've seen in this century, uh, I don't know if there's been a more popular player uh, in the time in which he spent with the club than Bronson was. And I think everybody to a man is pulling for him to pitch well enough to make this pitching staff, not only because of what he might contribute on the field, but maybe more importantly than that, the influence he can have on the young players. And the other one is Devin Mezzarocco. Um You know, essentially has been a non-player for two years and trying to come back from hip surgery and shoulder surgery. And um, a guy who, if he's healthy and can play, certainly enhances his club's ability to win because of the kind of offense he can bring to the table. I would say that, uh, you know, in a a personality uh, perspective, these are the two guys that right now command a lot of focus. But, you know, there's so many other things that you have to point at uh, on this club and, 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 and in terms of what they are able to accomplish in bettering what occurred last year. Uh, we all know how youthful the pitching is and probably – uh, in many cases, maybe even more so this year than it was last year when you consider who else might end up filling out the rotation after Anthony DiSclefani and, and Brandon Finnegan and the newcomer Scott Feldman. Uh, they almost have to come from two young guys. Uh, and, and that's going to be interesting to watch a competition as, as the spring schedule unfolds beginning, as you said, on Friday. 
I heard you had Bronson on this show a couple of weeks ago, right before it was announced that he was coming back to the team on a minor league contract. And I thought it was interesting of, of how realistic he sounded about his chances of making the team. I also thought it was interesting how how he embraced being that guy that pitchers could come up to, that guys could come up to in the clubhouse, that they would have to seek out his services. If he's not that guy, and I know Homer Bailey's been around for a while, but who else could be in that, that role of, of mentor for a team that does have so many young arms? I don't. I don't know that there is anybody, uh, because everybody else is so blasted young. I mean, when when you consider that Desclafani is considered to be a, uh, a, a I, I hate to use the word veteran, but I mean, this is going to be the third year I think that he has been a part of this club's rotation. Um, there is no one. Uh, maybe Scott Feldman, but I don't. I don't know uh, Scott Feldman's background well enough to to make a, a, an educated. A guess or an opinion as to how influential he can be with young pitchers. Um, I, that's the reason why I think it's so important that that, that Bronson have a good camp and and the, you know they're going to go the extra mile with him because of the fact that one he is such an influence. Secondly, uh, he's universally liked by everybody, and 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 the fact that this is where he wanted to be. Uh, I don't know whether he had opportunities to go to some other club as a, you know, a non-roster player with an invitation to the big league uh, camp, but uh, there, he made no bones about that. And I think it's a great story because as he and I talked about on a hot stove league show a few weeks ago, you know, when he was traded here, he came here kicking and screaming. He didn't want any part of being in Cincinnati. He he, he embraced Boston. Uh, it was a major love affair between Bronson Arroyo and the city of Boston, not only as a player, but also, you know, with his musical interests being what they were then and what they are now and how people took to him in that respect. And he simply grew to love the city of Cincinnati. He, he, he loved uh, the people that he was surrounded by. And, and I think it's just a great story. Um, and and uh, everybody I talk to, uh, Rob Butcher and I were talking today, the Reds Media Relations Director, <clears throat> how much we both want to see him make this club. And, and as I say, they will give him every single opportunity. He, uh, Bronson Arroyo is a big fan of Brian Price, and Brian Price, vice versa, is a big fan of, of Bronson Arroyo. They never lost communication with each other in the two years that Bronson was away and and so it, it would be a hell of a story if he ended up making this pitching staff. Uh, a lot of us are rooting for Bronson Arroyo. A lot of us are rooting for Devin Mesoraco. You talked about how he basically hasn't been a part of the team for the last two years. I think 39 games over the last two seasons. How do you expect them to ease him back into a, a full-time catching role? Well, it, it's it's going to be interesting to watch how this the spring schedule works as far as, as – uh, as far as Devin is concerned, because I don't, I don't know that Devin right now is ready to play. Um, they're, they're certainly going to handle him with kid gloves, uh, a bit probably more so because of the success that Tucker Barnhart had uh, last year when thrust into essentially an everyday player. Uh, that role that, that I don't think he even thought would, would come about, but it did because of the uh, absence of Mesoraco. And I think we all felt that that was one of the great stories in, in 2016, how he took to being essentially an everyday player and, and, and hit better than most people thought he could. And I think he can hit even better than 255. Um, so because of that knowledge, I think they'll probably take the Mesoraco situation very, very slowly. And um, 
in fact, I, I, I don't, I have no basis for making this statement. But if it came to uh, a point where they were getting ready to close down spring training and head uh, to Cincinnati to open the year against the Phillies, that they weren't 100 percent certain, uh, it would not, it would not be beyond the realm of possibility that he could open the year on the disabled list. That's how that's how cautious I think they're going to be with him, um, and I think a telling uh, situation will be when he gets his first actual game time once the schedule begins. If it's two and a half weeks or two weeks after the spring schedule begins, then I don't see how they could avoid something like that. That is opening the year on the disabled list, and then how much how he rebounds after he catches. Um, the whole lot of things go into making a determination on, one, if he's going to be able to do it, and, two, if they make the decision that he can play, how much is he going to be able to play? I think one of the more interesting things, and, and maybe a, a lot more so when the team comes north, is you know you go back to last year and the starting rotation was in disarray because of all the injuries. That The trickle-down effect in the bullpen was almost impossible to manage. And I don't think Brian Price ever really got a chance to manage. I don't think he's really gotten a chance to manage his bullpen the way he would like. It feels like, at least in the back end, that things have settled down a little bit. There was Lorenzen's emergence last year, Rysel Iglesias' emergence last year. Drew Storen, I thought, was a, was a very good signing by Dick yep. Williams this offseason. How, how do you think if, if things aren't, aren't – um, if a monkey – if a wrench isn't thrown into the mix because of an injury, how differently do you think the pen is, is going to be managed by Brian this season? Well, to begin with, I disagree with him completely on the fact that he's going to open the year uh, managing the back end of the bullpen essentially as a bullpen by committee. I don't think it works. Um, uh, and But he is staunchly in favor of it, uh, and who knows why. Is he staunchly in favor of it because he's not completely sold on any of those three guys being the guy that can be there uh, to close the game out with a lead in the ninth inning? Is it is it there because he, he he's basically being forced into it by not feeling that either Lorenzen or Iglesias can handle the load that a, a closer has to handle over the course of a season? I don't know. But I, I don't think it works, and, and hopefully I'm wrong because uh, we know how horrendous that bullpen was last year, and then over the first three months of the season, three and a half months, of the season, that part of the ball club had more to do with the disastrous beginning than anything else. And so um, I'd love to see somebody step forward. Obviously, Drew Storen has more experience in that role than anybody. Uh, and, and, and I agree with you. I think it's a tremendous addition. Uh, it, it brings a, a veteran presence into that bullpen, which it sorely needs. But I, I, I'm just not convinced that you can have three guys and uh, one's going to close tonight, one's going to close tomorrow night, and then one's going to close the next night and we start all over again. I, I, I'm just not a big fan of that. Marty, I'll let you run. I know I speak for everybody in our audience. I can't wait to be listening on, on Friday afternoon, man. Thanks very much. Hey, I appreciate it, Mo. Thank you, pal. The Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman, joining us tonight from uh, Goodyear, Arizona. The Reds opening up the Cactus League portion of their schedule. The spring training opener is on Friday against the San Francisco Giants. That game is in Scottsdale. Pre-game coverage on the Reds radio network at 2.50 Eastern with first pitch at 3.05. If you want to jump on board, our phone numbers are 513-749-7000 and 1-800-843-2441. Hey, be a part of the action this season with the Reds Pick 6 plan. It's presented by 
by McDonald's. Pick any six Reds home games, including the Cubs, Indians, Yankees, and Red Sox, and you'll get an exclusive Eric Davis 30-30 dual bobblehead. Plus, you're going to save up to 25% off regular price tickets and get six free McDonald's extra value meals. Purchase the Pick 6 plan now at Reds.com slash Pick 6. Some restrictions apply. Still ahead, Marty and I were talking about the bullpen last year and this year, and I think that that speaks to I think it speaks to why there's some optimism for why this season could be and should be better. We'll elaborate on that next. This is the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds radio network. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds radio network. I'm Mo Egger. One of the highlights of the spring is the annual Red Legs Run. It's going to be on Saturday, May 13th this year. Uh, Everything benefits the Reds Community Fund. Participants are going to get a race T-shirt, one free Reds ticket. Plus, don't miss the post-game party in the Kroger Fan Zone. Proceeds from the Red Legs Run, as always, uh, benefit the Reds Community Fund. Uh, The good folks there are always nice enough to ask me to man the microphone at the uh, start and finish line. So I'm looking forward to that again this year. You can register today at Reds.com slash run. Our phone numbers are 513-749-7000 at 1-800-843-2441. Reds uh, starting the uh, Cactus League portion of the spring on uh, Friday against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Bronson Arroyo threw in the bullpen yet again today. I I referenced when I had Marty on a few minutes ago. Uh, Bronson was on this show, I want to say three, maybe four weeks ago, and and he was was realistic in talking about his road back. He didn't make any guarantees. He certainly didn't come across as entitled. He, He didn't sound like he... He knew full well that he was going to be good enough to make the team. He's very much taken this as a let's see how tomorrow is uh, on a a let's see how tomorrow is basis. Even when he showed up in Goodyear, reporters asked him if he can handle the workload. And he said, and I thought this was, was cool, he said, I don't know. And so he's learning about himself and he's learning about his ability to make this comeback pretty much just as we are. And I think whether he can pitch in the major leagues this year is going to go beyond what his ERA or his stats are in the spring. I think Bronson's a guy who knows his body well, who takes care of his body better than almost any athlete we've had in this area in in a very long time. And so I think it's going to be as much about feel, as much about how he feels on the mound, as much about how he feels the next day. As, as it is, how are the hitters treating him? Brian Price did say when spring training began that the hitters are going to tell you. But I think there's going to be more than just the hitters telling Bronson Arroyo if he can do this. And I root for him. I root for Bronson because of all the things that, that Marty just told us. He's a guy that was very popular here. He was a guy that was very successful here. He was a guy who got here uh, well before the Reds returned to relevance, and he was a big part of their return to relevance. He was always a guy that handled failure very well. He was one of those guys that was always accountable for the way he had pitched. Uh, he was a guy who authored the, the Reds' last postseason victory in Game 2 against the Giants in 2012, and he was such a big part of, of what this team became and what they did in that stretch of time from 2010 to 2013 that I root for him. I root for him to author the end of his career in a way that's more befitting than you know, simply petering out and uh, trying to come back and spending a couple of seasons on the disabled list. I also think there is real, real value in him being on the team, real tangible value in him being on the team. This is a team, there's a lot of young guys, but there's a lot of young guys on things like innings limits and pitch counts. 
There's a lot of guys who, when they get to the big leagues, we're not going to know how good they're going to be. We're not going to know if they have staying power. We're not going to know if they have to do what Cody Reed had to do and, and what Robert Stevenson had to do last year, which is spend some time in Cincinnati and then go back to the minor leagues. So I think there's value in having somebody who's been durable enough throughout his major league career to give you five or six innings in a start, to maybe come out of the bullpen. And, and keep this in mind, too. Number one, if he makes the major league team. He's going to be making the major league minimum, so he's not going to cost you all that much. And he's also going to be making the team, if he does, and that's a huge if, he's going to be making the team on the Reds' terms. He hasn't signed here being told he's going to be given a spot in the rotation. He hasn't signed here being told he's going to be given a certain role. He hasn't signed here being guaranteed anything. And so if you need an arm in the bullpen, it could be Bronson. There's value there. If you need a guy to fill a spot in the starting rotation – Maybe other pitchers need seasoning. Maybe there's service time concerns with some guys. You could do a lot worse than Bronson Arroyo. And I do think there is value in having someone mentor young pitchers. I come back to this. Um, A couple of years ago, Matt Latos got traded. And uh, when he showed up in spring training with the Marlins, he, he fired off on the Reds. Remember that? I mean, he talked about the culture in the clubhouse and he talked about the team. But he, he referenced and how fair or, or how out of turn he may have been talking, I don't know. But he mentioned a couple of themes that were consistent with what a lot of people had said around that time before the 2015 season, which was that team misses Scott Rowland. They miss what he did tangibly. They missed his intangibles. And that team misses Bronson Arroyo. They miss what he brought to the table from a tangible standpoint. They missed what he was intangibly. Well, here we are. Since then, the team has gotten younger. There have been more uncertainties with this team. There are fewer veterans. There are fewer go-to guys if you're looking for a mentor or if you're looking for someone to set an example. And so if one doesn't emerge, and I just asked Marty, who's as, as locked in as anybody, on who that could be, who could, could emerge, boy, there's, there's value in having a guy like Bronson Arroyo who's been there, who has succeeded, who has failed, and you know more than anything, who could teach a pitcher about durability. And we talked about the lengthy streak of, of having never missed a start, which for Bronson went back to his youth days. Uh, literally went more than a decade without missing a major league appearance, a major league start. Boy, there's, there's value there in a day and age in which, which there's more and more uncertainty with arms and durability and whether guys can last and how much they should pitch and how much they should throw. There's value in having a guy around who, if nothing else, can maybe teach a younger guy one or two things about being available we have a lot more to get to between now and the top of the hour this is the red's hot stove league show we'll grab some phone calls coming up in a few minutes 513-749-7000 is a toll-free call again the reds and the giants on friday first game of the exhibition season cincinnati starting on the road in uh, scottsdale pregame coverage 15 minutes before first pitch which will be thrown at 305 here on the Reds Radio Network. Still ahead, you think back to last year's team, what do you think of? You think of how awful the bullpen was, especially at the beginning of the season. I believe that's about to change for one major reason. I'll explain why. And the Devin Mesoraco thing is going to be really interesting for reasons that no one's talking about. I'll explain coming up. This is the Reds Hot Stove League Show. My name is Mo Egger. Glad you're with us tonight on the Reds Radio Network. Back with more in a moment. 
This is the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network. I'm Mo Egger. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum's Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign features 4,256 baseballs, each of them signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo and baseball's unique hit number. Uh, purchase a Hit Collection baseball and become the owner of that hit and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project purchased today at redsmuseum.org. Our phone numbers are 513-749-7000 and toll-free 1-800-843-2441. John is calling from Lima. John, you're on the Reds Hot Stove League. Yes, I was calling. I was uh, wanting your opinion on the Homer Bailey situation. Yeah, when should when should the club uh, uh, cut ties with him? Because he hasn't really produced since his uh, contract, like maybe two months. Well, I mean, define cut ties. I mean, tra- I mean let trade his contract him? go. Yeah, trade him or let well, his contract go. Well, let his contract go. You're still going to have to pay it. Homer Bailey's under contract for two more years. He's going to make – I mean, Homer Bailey's under contract for this year and two more years. So if you cut him loose right now, you are going to have to pay him more than $60 million across the next three seasons. That's a very tough pill to swallow for a guy who's still just 30 years old. Um, If you want to trade him, be prepared to absolutely give him away and probably still pick up most of that contract because no one's going to want to give up much for or pay a guy who's made eight starts over his last two seasons. And so what you're stuck doing is simply hoping that that Homer Bailey physically gets to a point where he can consistently pitch, much less consistently succeed. I'm not sure that just blowing him off and getting rid of him is is much of an option. Wasn't it costing the Reds more money? Uh, giving him all these surgeries and medical stuff. I mean, it's in the grand scheme of thing that that doesn't cost all that much at all. Those those costs are built in. Guys get injured, guys go through surgery, guys re- rehab all the time. I'd be willing to bet that if you looked at any major league team's budget, I, I don't know how that's paid for, but I'd be willing to bet that if you looked at any major league team's budget, you'll see something allocated for things like surgery. Okay. I mean, it's it's costing I, – I don't know what his most recent surgery is. I, I've got to think it's a drop in the bucket to a major league team. Okay. I was just thinking of just getting your opinion on it because uh, we keep giving them chances after chances, and there's something there's always something else coming up. Well, so. but, I mean, I mean the, the, way, the way you frame that is he's not doing everything he can. Uh, 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 being injured is not a character flaw. And uh, unfortunately for Homer, it's, it's been just a, a series of stops and starts physically. It hasn't been become because of lack of effort. I think there are a few guys who have been on that team in recent years who I think you would call as competitive as Homer Bailey. You know, I mean, when, when, he, when, he, when he suffered this latest setback, he was throwing. He was doing what he could to get back. So, look, Homer Bailey, when, when he's right, and it's been a long time since he was right, we're not talking about somebody who's old. We are talking about somebody with an extensive injury history. But when he's right... Man, he's a guy you want in the middle of your rotation. And as long as you're paying him what you're paying him, it behooves you to try to get something somewhere close to that guy that the Reds decided to invest all that money in. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, well, I just wanted to get your opinion on it. All right, John, I'm glad you did. 513-749-7000 and 1-800-843-2441. Look, it's frustrating. And and among the, the two biggest and most frustrating things the Reds have had to deal with the last couple of years, one is Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey got a contract from the Reds, and, and, and a lot of people have, have done this. It's easy to go back and criticize certain deals. Some criticize the contract that Homer Bailey got, which paid him about $115 bucks at the end of the 2013 season. Some criticized it at the time for for two reasons. One, I don't think Homer is ever completely 
lived up to the to the billing of first round pick, ever completely lived up to the hype that accompanied his major league debut in 2007. So there was that. Two, the minute that they signed Homer Bailey, it became less and less likely that they were going to be able to sign a Johnny Cueto or a Matt Latos. And remember, when the Reds signed Homer Bailey, winter between 2013 and 2014, Matt Latos was on track to be perhaps a $200 million pitcher. And so what the Reds did is they signed a market contract to a guy who of the big three pitchers was was the one whose contract was going to come up first. He was still just 27 years old. He was coming off his best season. I've heard people say, well, look, they signed him based on two no-hitters. No, they didn't. They signed him based on the fact that he was a guy that was a big part of the, the starting staffs in 2012 and 2013, that was coming off his best season in 2013, that had a lot of upside, that was a former number one pick, that had the build and the makeup that suggested um, that, that, he could, that he could be durable, that he could last for a while. He had put some injury issues behind him. He, to me, was a, if you were going to sign any one of the three, understanding that Cueto and Latos, their contracts expired a year after Homer's did, it made sense to lock into Homer to hedge your bets against losing those other two guys. You avoided giving those other two guys more leverage. And then look at how it played out. Matt Latos flamed out. He's still looking for a gig. Johnny Cueto has gone on to succeed, but he went on to sign for more money than the Reds would have been willing or able to pay him. And so they locked into one of their guys. Again, Homer Bailey, at the time that he signed that contract, there was nothing in his recent history that would suggest that he was going to get injured. He made 33 starts in 2012, pitched more than 200 innings. He made 32 starts in 2013, pitched in more than 200 innings, and again, was coming off his best season. It's always hard when you invest a lot of money in a pitcher but if you were going to invest a lot of money in a pitcher, especially in the same offseason where Clayton Kershaw got more than $200 million, then giving Homer 115 to me didn't represent that bad of an investment. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out. The other one is Devin Mesoraco. And when you look at the money that the Reds have given Devin Mesoraco, uh, well before arbitration, kind of making him one of those guys that the whole rebuild was going to revolve around. And then you see, because of injury, what he hasn't been able to do it's devastating to a team. Homer Bailey and Devin Mesoraco, two guys in the primes of their careers, have combined over the last two seasons to play in 47 games. So what has happened over the last couple of years has been the result of a lot of different things. They've traded away some key players. Some guys haven't performed the way we would have liked. But you think of those two guys entering what should have been the primes of their careers, basically giving this team nothing it takes an unfortunate situation, and it makes for a manager almost an impossible one. 513-749-7000, Hey, Reds fans, don't let winter make you salty. Ask for the underbody wash at any Mike's Car Wash locations today. We have a lot more to get to on the Reds Hot Stove League show. I'm Mo Egger on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network. Back with more in a moment. The Reds Hot Stove League show rolls on on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network. I'm Mo Egger. You can jump on board. 513-749-7000 at 1-800-843-2441. That is a toll-free phone call. Scott is calling on a cell phone. Scott, what's going on? Hey, Mo. How you doing? I'm great. Okay. Uh, so I, I heard you talking about Bronson, uh, all the experience he's got. Uh, he's he's going to be making the minimum, I guess. If he doesn't make the team... What about just putting him on the bench and, and talking to these guys and telling them how to pitch? 
all well, these young that, guys. Uh, that, is that a possible? That that's called a coach, and and the Reds already right. have those guys. No, you can't. I mean, there's a limitation to the 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 number of guys you can have on the bench. Now you can decide that you're going to retain Bronson Arroyo as a pitching advisor or someone to maybe a roving instructor, that kind of thing. But you couldn't really have him on the bench. What what I would do. If I was Brian Price and even if I was Bronson Arroyo, and I'd be willing to bet Bronson Arroyo would do this, is you encourage those guys to reach out to Bronson on their own. Now, I I don't know if if Bronson has – um, has has designs on being a head, uh, being a coach one day. I don't know if right. he wants to be a pitching coach. I, I don't know. I don't know what his his post baseball playing future holds. Um, right. But if if you were to put him on the bench, I mean, he he would have to be a coach. And and the Reds, you know, uh, okay. they have those guys. I just hate to let you know let the guy go with you know all the knowledge he has about pitching and you know I don't know it just he seems would be, like that he would, would be, be a thing. yeah he would be one of those guys and and you see it you know you see it every spring uh, Barry Larkin's been in Goodyear uh, working with with infielders uh, Eric Davis has done that he's worked extensively with Billy Hamilton on on base running and stealing you I mean there's there's no shortage of guys who have come through and do come through and spend a, a week in Arizona or a couple of days in Arizona. You know, sharing what they know, I would certainly, if I was Dick Williams and Brian Price, Bob Castellini, I, I would do everything I could to make Bronson Arroyo a part of the baseball family to whatever extent he wants to be a part of the baseball family, whether that's periodically. Right. Uh, it's like they've done with Corky Miller. Corky Miller roves the minor leagues instructing catchers. If Bronson's not interested in a job like that, maybe it's something during spring. Maybe it's something on the side, whatever it is, I would do what I could to tap into what he knows because I think that's 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 a valuable resource, and that guy knows a lot. Right there, you go. Totally agree. I appreciate it, Mo. Scott. Thank you uh, for the phone call. And the, the Bronson Arroyo thing. You know, I, I've I've said on on my radio show a number of times as the Reds have transitioned from what they were from 2010 through midway through 2014 to to what they've become, which is. Uh, a team generated uh, that's generating a youth movement, uh, a team that's sold off and traded a lot of guys who were a part of uh, success in 2010 and 2012 and 2013. They've gone younger. They've moved on from some mainstays of the organization. I've said often that future maneuvers should be made without emotion in mind. Don't let emotion dictate personnel decisions. Don't let it dictate who's on the team. Don't let it dictate who you give money to, who you sign long-term. That said, I do think there's room for a feel-good story. And and if you think about what it's been like to root for this team over the last couple of years, let's be honest, it's been rough. 98 losses two years ago, 94 losses last season. And you've had to say goodbye to players that a lot of us fell in love with. Eight players in the last 26 months who were on playoff teams in Cincinnati have been traded. And that doesn't count guys like Dan Straley, who I think turned into not just a, uh, a a good pitcher here, but but a popular pitcher here. So as a fan, it's been tough. There hasn't there haven't been a lot of on field feel good stories. I think this franchise could use one. I think there's room to an extent during this time for sentiment. I think there's room for a feel good story. And it's not just a feel-good story for the sake of having a feel-good story. Scott and I just talked about the value that he would bring um, helping out younger pitchers, and this team has a bunch of them. But, man, there's also going to be a lot of innings to fill this year. And we've seen the last couple of seasons, what's happened the last two Septembers, especially two years ago. Boy, Brian Price at times was just trying to find anybody who could pitch. 
I mean, those 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 games late in the season when some guys have hit innings limitations and the disabled list is starting to to, to get populated, and you get to September and you're just you're trying to find anybody who can pitch. If Bronson Arroyo throughout the course of the season can eat up innings that later on you can give to younger guys who either aren't here at the beginning of the season or you would like to stretch out across six months instead of four or five, there's value in that, man. And, look, the way baseball is managed, the way pitchers are are handled now, there are things, whether you like them or not, like, all right, we're going to cut off a guy after 150 innings. We're going to cut off a guy after 180. We're going to cut off a guy uh, before the season even ends. We're going to take a guy who's been starting and he's going to finish the season in the bullpen. And, And it makes it really tough for a manager. If you have guys, and think about it, the Reds have had to do that. Johnny Cueto was here for the first four months of 2015, and they still had to do that. Um, Anthony DiSclafani was a, a rotation mainstay last year, and they still had to do that. Mike Leake was here for the first four months of 2015, and they still had to do that. They went young, and yet they were still running out of guys to pitch late in the season. So I think there's value in having some guys who, no matter what, say what you want about Bronson Arroyo, when healthy, typically, and I know he's going to be older, he turns uh, 40 this week, you could always count on him to give you a certain amount of innings. And the Reds right now don't have that many guys that you can count on to give you a certain amount of innings. There's value there. We'll grab a couple more phone calls when we come back. 513-749-7000 and 1-800-843-2441. This is the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds radio network. Back with more in a moment. This is the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds radio network. I'm Mo Egger. Reds and the San Francisco Giants will open up the uh, the Cactus League season on Friday. You'll hear that game live on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network. First pitch will be at uh, 3.05. Speaking of the Giants, and I mentioned before, uh, Johnny Cueto. Uh, Johnny Cueto has uh, remained away from uh, the San Francisco Giants. He is uh, back home in the Dominican Republic attending to his ailing father, who has not been well enough to accompany his son to Arizona. Um, and so uh, they maintain that Johnny's going to be ready for opening day. However, there are concerns in San Francisco about Johnny pitching for the World Baseball Classic Dominican Republic entry. And uh, there's a, a quote today from uh, Bruce Bochy saying, uh, the question if, is, is if he's going to be ready for the World Baseball Classic. Right now we're having to answer that question since he has yet to join his teammates in Scottsdale for very understandable reasons. He has been throwing in the uh, Dominican Republic. Johnny, uh, if you remember during his time here, had a very rigorous workout regimen where he would run the stadium steps. And when I would watch Johnny Cueto do that, I would get winded just sitting there watching. And I can't imagine what that was. So he's a guy who takes care of himself. But unfortunately, and you wish nothing but the best for he and his family and his father, he has not yet been able to train with the Giants. And while they're still on schedule for him to potentially be San Francisco's opening day starter, um, he's not going to be pitching on Friday for the Giants, and right now they're not sure if he's going to pitch in the uh, World Baseball Classic. 513-749-7000, 1-800-843-2441 if you want to get in before the end of the show. You know, I, this is, you're going to find, you're not going to find a lot of projections that have the Reds winning more than 70, 72, 75 games this year, and that comes with the rebuild. I, I've said a couple of times that this whole season has a, come home from Halloween and dump your bag out on the counter and sort through all the candy feel to it where the Reds have done a lot of really hard work to acquire prospects, get guys from other organizations. There have been drafts. There's been their own development. And now this entire season has a feel of, okay, let's see what they got. 
But where I think this season represents a departure from last year and even two years ago is what torpedoed each of the last two seasons. This year's bullpen shouldn't be as bad. Now, caveat being they haven't started playing games yet. Last year, I mean, in the run-up to opening day, you were kind of afraid to, to you know open up any news about the Reds because it usually came with a starting pitcher getting injured or a relief pitcher getting injured. But the results of all that attrition was a bullpen that, quite frankly, at the beginning of last year and throughout large chunks of last season did not have major league caliber pitchers in it. And you could say the same thing for maybe some different reasons two years ago. There are some spots in this year's bullpen still up for grabs. But there's a pretty solid back end. There's some decent options toward the end of the game. And barring unfortunate circumstances like we saw last year, I don't think we're going to see that often this season. Non-major league caliber pitches, pitchers throwing out of the bullpen for Brian Price. Time will tell. But that, to me, is a reason for maybe more optimism this year compared to the last couple of seasons. This has been a lot of fun. My thanks to Marty Brenneman for calling in from a good year. You'll hear he and uh, Jeff Brantley on Friday afternoon, 305 First Pitch. You'll hear it live on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network with pregame coverage starting at 250. This has been the Reds Hot Stove League show on the Cincinnati Reds Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.